you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And J-Mac is on tap to help us navigate the show as we broadcast live and direct from the Creation Museum. Yes. And uh, on Friday, we will be at the Ark Encounter. We're not going to be broadcasting from there because that's going to be our first time, so we're going to just be there to enjoy <laughs> it. But today, we are broadcasting, and tomorrow, broadcasting from the Creation that's Museum. Right. And it's great to be back at the Creation Museum. I want to say the last time we were here, uh, Gabby, who is now 13, was maybe like five or six months old. months, yeah. And so that would have been back in 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. Um, This was all still kind of new Mm -hmm. for you guys. And I'm saying you guys, let me introduce introduce to you our guest uh, in in this first segment here, Mark Loy, who is the co-founder and um, the CCO. You didn't want me to say what that all stood for. Oh, you don't you have make to get it into be that. Whatever you <laughs> I'm already it. pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Actually, we're going to get into uh, a little bit of uh, some fun facts here and learn that that is far from the truth. But the co-founder of the uh, Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. And so I wanted to have you on to talk with us as we look at what's going on in the landscape. I think the work that you guys are doing here, mm-hmm. um, look, Answers in Genesis is the umbrella, I would say. Is that right? Yes. Um, this work is vital. We see it reflected in the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. Talk about how the Lord is using this ministry and has used it in the past 14 years? 15? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We opened uh, the Creation Museum in 2007. So when you were here, we were relatively new. Now you, Mickey, you haven't aged at all, but your husband, <laughs> yeah. he's got a little bit of salt and pepper yeah, it's there. In, that, in that beard. So Mark, welcome. he blames me for that beard now. <laughs> he, he blames me. The kids. <laughs> well, well, first, you know, our radio program with Ken Ham. Ken mm. is one of the three founders. Mm. Ken Ham, myself, and Mike Zovath. Mm. But Ken's program is aired, I think, on all the yes. AFR stations. So thank you. Uh, mm. Thank you for that. It's He's the pleasure. guy with that deep southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Australia. You and, should have that accent. Well, I was born in Australia, okay. but I lost my accent when I moved to Canada. And then I moved to Los Angeles, so I've got a surfer Lost it or gave now. it away? Like, what did you just... It was tra- easy to give it away. <laughs> yeah. But uh, all joking aside, yeah. uh, we love to come along AFR and AFA because both of our ministries are known for boldly standing on biblical truths, yes. mm-hmm. including some of the hot-button social issues of the, of the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we catch a lot of flack for that, yes. as does your, uh, your ministry. Mm-hmm. But... You know, our ministry is called Answers in Genesis, the book of Genesis. And the book of Genesis has answers to some of the problems facing Western society today. Mm-hmm. Like, what is marriage? Come on. Mm. 
biblical marriage started right there in Genesis. It's one man for one woman for life. Also, what about the sanctity of life? We're all image bearers, according to Genesis chapter one. And so abortion is is wrong right Right. from Genesis. Also the topic of uh, of racism. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all go back to Adam and Eve. And as you will show your children later today, as you walk through our exhibits on Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve are portrayed as a middle brown that's skin right. shade. Yes. Yeah. If if Adam and Eve were that skin shade, and we strongly believe they were, and science helps confirm that, you can explain the different skin shades we have today, yeah. from light to dark. That's so right. there are three quick issues that face all of us today: mm-hmm. racism, sanctity of life, and biblical marriage are answered in the Book of Genesis. Amen. But even more than that, in this Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter that you'll be seeing mm-hmm. for the first time, yes. yeah. uh, we'll answer some of the most asked questions that people have about the Christian faith. Mm. Uh, a lot of people doubt the reliability of the Bible because they think Genesis has been disproved mm. by evolution. Mm. So. We do get into the creation evolution issue here, but we also answer those other questions like why do we have so much suffering, death, disease? Why do we have flooding in Louisiana where you're from? Genesis chapter three, in a nutshell, has that answer. We live in a fallen, cursed world. When bad things happen, we shouldn't be shaking our fist at our creator God. We should be looking at ourselves and our Mm. own sin nature. But even on top of that, as we answer those most asked questions people have about the Bible, we're evangelistic. Yes. Uh, you probably remember that when you were here, what has it been, 12, 13 years? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That we're all about pointing people to Christ. Amen. And when you go to the ark, it's even more so because the ark is a picture of salvation. Mm. Noah and his family were saved. The animals were preserved. Mm. And so the ark gives us a wonderful springboard to, to present the gospel. Mm. So we're all about evangelism, but some people won't listen to the gospel message today because they don't think the Bible can be trusted. Yes. So we are here as an apologetics ministry. Amen. We're not apologizing for right. anything. <laughs> right. Apologetics is defending the authority yeah. of, uh, of the Bible and the Christian faith. It's mm. amazing. And, and I'm wondering, Mark, that, you know, in the last 14 years, you've had all types of people um, pass through this museum. You've, you've had people who have come because they want to pass on to their kids a legacy of belief and confirmation that there's evidence for what they believe. You've had people walk through here who are skeptics and they go, I just want to see what the big fuss is all about. You know, maybe they've come to criticize. I'm wondering if there have been testimonies that have come out of the Creation Museum where people maybe came in and they weren't quite quite sure, but then on the other side of it, um, maybe there was a light bulb moment or even something as radical and eternal as salvation. Oh. Very much so, and just recently at the Ark Encounter, mm-hmm. which is 45 minutes from the Creation Museum where we are right now, mm-hmm. um, maybe your listeners aren't aware that we are near Cincinnati, Ohio, but we're in Northern Kentucky. But just recently at the Ark Encounter, we had a music festival. We actually had the gospel presented at the end of the music, mm. and uh, after a few weeks, we had 791 people come forward to receive Christ They gave us their name and address for for follow-up. And that's because they had gone through the ark as non-Christians. Come on. They had their questions answered. And then they went to a musical presentation that night as as well as a sermon. The gospel was preached and 791. Wow. And so it just shows, again, that we're not just a creation evolution ministry trying to convince people of the science that Mm -hmm. confirms the book of Genesis. Mm -hmm. Um, We do that. Yes. But... 
The most important thing, when people leave right out that door, just over our left shoulders there, they leave the Creation Museum. We don't want them just to become creationists mm. and giving up evolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that'd be nice if that happens, mm-hmm. but the most important thing is that they leave here receiving Christ as Savior. That's, that's the number one message we, we give here. Oh, glory to that's God. Awesome. That is so exciting. Praise I mean, you think about um, the eternal implications of that. Now, you mentioned um, becoming a creationist. And, Mark, I'm thinking of the number of believers who have really um, undergone an assault on their faith, and they haven't even realized it. We have been inundated by um, contradicting histories and and all of these things that I know I was educated in the public school system. We currently um, homeschool our kids and we are homeschool advocates. Um, We believe that that's the best way to culture-proof your kid or at least something outside of the public school system as we see an attack on our kids. But I want to talk about that attack a little bit and the way that your organization, your ministry has responded to that because we've got Christian kids who are claiming Christ and yet believing if you will, an alternative history when it, as it pertains to creation. Yes, because, what, 90% of our children in the United States uh, go to public schools. A Christian, yeah. I mean, I should say from Christian homes, they go to public schools, yes. and they're getting a very different worldview yes. than what the Bible teaches. And it gets even more sad than that. Uh, the majority of Bible colleges today, I won't name them here, but they teach a compromised view of Genesis. They've accepted the world's interpretation of how we got here. Mm-hmm. And they don't believe Genesis is history. They kind of allegorize it. And so, so many people who come here to the museum who are Christians, my guess is half of them probably came here not sure what they believed about yeah. Genesis or perhaps it even compromised with it. So we want to equip Christians to have answers to show the Bible is true. And then, as I mentioned earlier, for the non-Christians who come, we, we present the gospel to them. Yeah, this is a huge conflict, I think, in the heart and in the minds of many Christians because, you know, you say that I'm, I'm trying to preserve the faith that I'm passing down to my, my son or my daughter, but it's under constant attack. And I don't think that we have realized the, the attack and how strong it is, but this is precisely where your ministry aims, right here at the point of the attack where um, there is a, a weakened response to um, the trustworthiness of the gospel. And I want to ask you this, Mark, and just kind of get your take on this. And I say your take, but I really believe that our positions, if they're biblical positions, it's not our take, right? We are saying what the Word of God says. If we compromise on the creation account, if we compromise on Genesis, um, doesn't it follow a natural progression that we will find ourselves compromising on the gospel? I mean, if there's no truth to the beginning, then why do we need this Savior who ultimately came, died, and resurrected for us? Sounds like you've been to a Ken Ham seminar. I mean, you know, maybe a little bit of following. Well, think about it. If the, if the Bible is wrong from its very first book, where does it suddenly become true? Come on. And there are 65 other books of the Bible, but Genesis is so foundational to our, to our faith. Sin, the need for a, for a Savior, the social issues that I mentioned uh, earlier. And, and, to, and to piggyback off of what I said, too, about the public schools giving a completely different worldview, uh, antithetical to, uh, to, to the Bible, it's yes. more than just schools. The media, yes. I mean, just National Geographic That's TV right. specials, going to uh, 
natural history museums that you get a totally different worldview. So our, our young people are getting messages even beyond their public schools That's right. that the Bible cannot be trusted. That's why Ken Ham had this desire, even back in the 1970s, to build a creation museum because he saw young people in his native Australia going to the science museums in Australia and having doubts about the Bible afterwards. And so this creation museum idea was originally, this museum was going to be in Australia, then Ken moved to America back in 1987. So that dream came with him. And lo and behold, we're getting over a half a million people here every year wow. to the museum and well over a million um, at the Ark Encounter. Well, look, I'm just, we're glad that you chose America. <laughs> Thank you for choosing America. We appreciate it. Listen, and, and speaking of the world and travel and all these things, I, I, these are just some fun facts. So you've been to all seven continents. Yes, just before COVID, my wife and I were able to go down to Antarctica. And so it's just one of those, you know, the children have been raised. They're going out on their own. And you're trying to rub it in, Mark. I feel, I feel like you're kind of like, yeah, you know, we're in that yeah, season we, of life. We're done where with that. We've know. paid our debt to society. <laughs> we have contributed to the future generation. And so now, you Well, know. your son, is it Timothy? Who's Timothy, almost yes. one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, you got maybe 20 years before yeah. you'll get to Antarctica. And I have gray hair already. <laughs> I mean. And then on the other side of that, I don't know if we have the wherewithal to actually go to I mean, Antarctica. Will is not the grandfather oh. of Timothy? I could be, huh? <laughs> actually, we joke about this market i mean you just landed on real thing we joke about that he actually actually could be but you travel the world a lot and and you you go to all kinds of countries i want 67 countries you've traveled to um which again is nothing to kind of like just blink at because there are so many people myself included who don't have the opportunity to do this but you see a lot how does what you see in other countries around the world compare to the United States of America. I think that we have taken so much for granted, even the fact mm. that we get to have conversations like this as Christians openly about um, the reliability of the scriptures, that the Lord God is God. Um, these are things that we have taken for granted, and unfortunately we have kind of squandered these opportunities in our country. Yeah, I'm thinking of religious liberty first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of it here, but my goodness, it's under attack. Yeah, mm. Things that are encroaching upon even our ministry here, we've had to go to court sometimes to, yeah. to, to retain our First Amendment rights. Mm. But at the same time, I rejoice that we have this liberty because I've been to so many countries. Europe now is very anti-Christian. Mm. And we seem to, in America, we seem to follow what's going on maybe 10 years later. Sadly. Yeah. And I've been to a lot of Muslim countries, countries like India that are becoming very hostile towards Christians. So I rejoice in our civil liberties here as Christians, but they are under attack more than ever. Man, you know, we are running out of time here. we got to grab this break. There's so much more that I could spend time talking with you about. Um, the Answers in Genesis ministry doubling down on the statement of faith that you guys hold and even presenting this to Christian colleges and universities. Um, never thought that we'd ever see the time where we had to do stuff like that. Uh, we got to grab this break. Mark Loy, co-founder and CCO here at the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. Dinosaurs on the Ark? This is Ken Ham, publisher and writer for the award-winning magazine, Answers. When you picture Noah's Ark, do you imagine giraffes, elephants, parrots, and dinosaurs? 
Most people picture common zoo animals, not extinct ones like dinosaurs. But God sent two of every kind of land-dwelling, air-breathing creature on the ark to be saved from the flood. And that would have included dinosaurs. But how'd they fit? After all, T-Rex was huge. Well, most dinosaurs were much smaller. Actually, the average size is about the size of a buffalo and some were as small as chickens. And even the really big ones start out small, in eggs about the size of footballs. So God probably sent juveniles, young adults, to the ark that easily would have fit. Discover the truth about dinosaurs when you visit our website at AnswersRadio.com as well as inside our Creation Museum. Build up your faith when you go to AnswersRadio.com. Dan Celia of Financial Issues. Would you make one of the most important phone calls that you can make? as far as your economic, your financial stewardship. I believe that permanent income is incredibly important to us, especially when you're retired. Listen, one thing we know for certain, the consumption of goods and your cost are never gonna change. Make sure that you protect your income. Social Security, you will likely have maybe a pension. Add to permanent income with a charitable gift annuity and do the Lord's work. There's no better organization to do it with than the AFA Foundation and no better time in our economy than right now. Call and speak with a representative of the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. Hi, I'm Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives every day, even children. Do you know the average age of a child who is trafficked is 12 years old? I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and help end this human tragedy. 8 Days of Hope has decided to be a part of that solution. God's opened up a door for us to partner with existing ministries, and that's where we bring skilled volunteers to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility for survivors to receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual healing they need. If you're skilled in any trade and you want to use your gifts for a greater purpose, please contact us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com. We would love for you to join us on our next project. For more information about the ministry of 8 Days of Hope, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We are broadcasting live and direct from the Creation Museum, and we are so excited to be here 
We are in what part of Kentucky? Northern Kentucky, right up in the little bump. If you look at the map, <laughs> the Ohio River makes a little northern swing towards Cincinnati. So, so we should probably go over because I told the kids we have the opportunity to make this a tri-state tour. Absolutely. Yep. We're just right across the river from Indiana, uh-huh. Ohio, right here in Kentucky. Yep. Okay, wow. so we'll get it all in and tell them that they are um, country <laughs> travelers. Just let Absolutely. them know that they've been going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And um, we are broadcasting, as I said, from the Creation Museum. And our guest who is joining us right now is Roger Patterson, who is one of the education specialists here, which he's really excited about because for a while there you were the education specialist you yes, were just telling I me. Yes, I was. Which puts a huge weight on your shoulders. That's a, that's a lot to do there. I mean, I'm sure that at this point um, in our country, there are a lot of people who have some educational needs, a lot of parents are exploring how they might educate their kids in different ways. There's a lot coming to light. Um, I'm wondering if you could share just a little bit about the nature of what it is that you do here. Well, I've been with the ministry a little over 15 years. So I was a former high school science teacher, taught uh, biology and chemistry, came on as a curriculum writer and developer. So I did that for about 14 years. So I worked with programs like our God's Design for Science and our Answers Bible Curriculum and all kinds of other smaller curriculum projects and then recently I transferred over to our uh, program side so every day here at the museum we do live teaching programs and we have kids come in for day programs we've got uh, programs here for the guests and all kinds of fun stuff like that so my favorite program that I do is called Up in Flames. Okay. I bet you'd like that. <laughs> okay, tell me about it. Tell me about it. So what I do is I do fireballs to the glory of God. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the subtitle that of just, the show. That, that, okay. <laughs> that just sounds like a bad kid's excuse. I feel I feel like it's the now, kid who's like, who's like I'm playing with fire, but God is glorified. Okay, no, I'm kidding. It, but okay. it really is. It really is. I'm just like this little fourth grade boy who gets to blow stuff up and, <laughs> and tell people about God. Uh, so, um, my wife and I we homeschooled our kids uh, even um, after I came out of the public school system mm-hmm. and. Uh, being involved in that, knowing all the things that are going on there, uh, we chose to, to home educate. Um, we know lots of our friends who didn't, and uh, they supplemented by bringing their kids here to do programs at the mm-hmm. museum and learn those things. And a lot of the a lot of the resources that we provide here as a ministry are aimed at that. Families who might have their kids in public school, but mm-hmm. they're supplementing with programs yes. that we're producing and uh, opportunities to bring them here in the summers and do those types of camps that we offer, uh, all the different resources. So what we do in our, in our programs here at the museum is really bring people in, teach them about God's creation, yes. uh, how combustion works and, and how we can uh, uh, control those things and how we use them for God's glory, how he's created a world that's orderly and there's purpose in it and there's design in it. And we can, we can use all of those things for good or for evil. Mm-hmm. So there are all types of lessons that we can, we can apply in those types of things. And uh, we do um, high school labs. So we bring in homeschool kids who can have a real chemistry lab experience. And we just had that uh, this week with um, our chemistry students came in and we got to do all kinds of fun with measuring and calculating and, and they hate me because I make them measure accurately. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, next next time we're going to be burning stuff and looking at it through a spectroscope and, awesome. and doing all the spectral fingerprinting of different elements and things because 
God's put, put fingerprints into every element, just he's, yes. like he's put fingerprints on each one of us. And so uh, we're really looking at the way God has created everything in amazing ways and pointing people to him as a creator, helping kids understand those things, giving parents the tools that they can use to uh, equip them to teach their children all of those things as well. Man, this is so encouraging, Roger, because for many parents who make the difficult decision to educate their kids at home, for some parents, it's an easier decision. You know, they, mm. it's I've come to the conclusion this is what I'm going to do, and they and they just jump right in. For other parents, it's a little more difficult to navigate. There are all kinds of situations that kind of come into play there. Um, I, I feel inadequate. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And so the things that you're you're sharing even right now are an encouragement to us parents because, you know, we don't come, many of us, to this from a place of strength saying that we um, can ace all of these subjects that we have to teach. Who right. wants to teach chemistry to their kids? <laughs> Do you right? understand what I'm saying yeah. here? You know, like for many of us, it's like I can teach you to trace A. I can get you there. You know, but when it comes down to making fireballs and blowing things up and measuring and, twice and cutting let's once. Let's do all that safely, though. Okay, yes, we gotta, of course. We got some safety there. Yeah. Of course. But this has been a tremendous blessing. I'm wondering if you can comment on how you have seen the needs of parents who are educating their kids at home or even in public school, how you've seen those needs change and how the ministry has um, changed in a way to respond to those needs. Are you producing more curricula? Yeah, I think one of the biggest thing we, things that we've done is really shifted toward trying to get um, more Bible teaching into the hands of parents because as even even with um, the churches and Sunday school programs that we've tried to produce, a lot of times we don't have adequate Bible programs for parents to use in the homeschool setting. So we've recently released our Answers Bible curriculum in a true homeschool edition. So rather than just taking our Sunday school format and here, take this and adapt it into your homeschool day. Uh, Dr. Dana Sneed on our staff, she's taken that and adapted it into a true homeschool format. So it's a great tool for families to be able to use um, as a Bible curriculum. And in that, we're helping teach apologetics yes. and tying it into history so that there are connections to things that are happening in the real world. It's not just a bunch of moral lessons. Yes. It's, it's bringing real truth in from science and history and all of those other aspects as well. Is there a portion of the curriculum that uh, most people want? Because uh, I know we use the science. Yes, yes. Is there a popular one that everybody wants this from Answers in Genesis? Yeah, I think um, that probably is. And yeah. we work with a, another publisher, Master Books. Yeah. Uh, we work with them a lot. And yeah. uh, recently, our God's Design for Science that we produced with the Lawrences has moved over to them. They've actually taken over that. Uh, so our curriculum development team right now is working on uh, taking the programs that we're doing here at the museum and trying to turn those into curriculum products that we can uh, use to uh, for homeschool co-op groups to get to put together programs for them yeah. to use in those settings or for parents to use individually. So we're kind of honestly right now in a bit of a building phase mm -hmm. as we get back into a lot of those things. But uh, Masterbooks has got a lot of those great curricular resources. Yeah. So we're building up a team right now. We just brought on another education specialist to uh, help with those types of things. We've been looking for another curriculum writer. Uh, because we recognize that is a huge need, especially in that field of science and trying to connect those things to biblical truths. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that the demand is only growing. 
I think what we see is this need that is only increasing. Now, I want to go back to something you said when you're talking about um, creating an actual Bible curriculum. Um, as a parent, I know that my greatest desire is that our kids, as I'm homeschooling them, is that our kids will understand that God is not an afterthought to our studies. Mm -hmm. How difficult is it or how natural is it to make sure that that is woven into all of the curricula that you guys produce? Like That you're not just looking at science and saying, oh, and by the way, God gave us science. Oh, and by the way, God reveals these things. Yeah. That you show through and through that, it, as you mentioned as we started, that it's got God's fingerprint all over it. One of the frameworks that we use here at the ministry is called the seven seas of history. Mm -hmm. And with Answers Bible Curriculum, we've taken that framework and it's kind of built around that. And so if you'll take a framework like the seven seas of history, and learn that idea, then any topic that you're studying, you can tie it back to that framework. So if we're doing a social studies lesson, we tie it back to that idea of confusion. Where did these people groups come from who are fighting in this war? Here's this, here's this border, and we tie it back to that concept of confusion. So even when we're studying um, conflicts in war mm -hmm. in history, we can say, Remember, this is all a result of the fall and sin, and these people groups are fighting because of their different skin color, their ethnicity, yeah. whatever those things are, because this is this is part of that corruption of sin, and it's the confusion of Babel that brought yes. these different people groups about. So there are ways that you can build big picture frameworks into your teaching, and then you just talk all those subjects back into those frameworks. Yes, this is wonderful. So tell me what are some of the major um, light bulb moments that you personally have witnessed in kids like maybe you've got a kid or or maybe this is an easier question how do you find the most um, excitement in what you're teaching like when you is there a certain aspect of it that you're just like uh, kind of we're live museum guests. <laughs> so actually <laughs> That's, what, that's my tour at 4 o'clock if that, you want to go with me. We do need to take this tour with you. I can't compete with her. I'm sorry. I just have to let her. When the big voice booms, you have to keep quiet. You have to keep quiet. Um, what is the most exciting thing that you teach that shows God's fingerprint in science? Like there's something that you teach that you're just, you kind of get really excited when you get to this part. You're going to think this is really weird. And, but it's the periodic table of elements. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Look, the only thing I'm hoping at this moment, Roger, let me just tell you straight out, okay? Like, let me just tell wow. you so that you don't do this. I'm just hoping that you don't quiz me on anything that you talk about today. No. Nope, don't nope. ask me to give you the full names for the abbreviations. Right. I can't. And I won't. Not going not gonna to do that. Okay. So the reason I say that is because... If we think about the way God has created, and I mentioned an, an orderly structure, yeah. many of the scientists who developed these fields hundreds of years ago gave the sentiment that they were thinking God's thoughts after him. That was Johannes Kepler's basic phrase, and, and many others wrote that basic idea as they were thinking about these things. They believe God created an orderly world, and we're going to figure out how he did these things and how he made the world to operate. And the periodic table, for me, is the demonstration of that everything's in these orderly structures we can predict how all of these things are going to interact with one another because god has created them that way 
And to me, that points back to God's character. Mm. He's a God of order. Yes. He's a God who is faithful and he's consistent. And I can trust his character as he's demonstrated all of these things in his character and nature. Mm. I know every time I mix calcium and chlorine together, I'm going to get calcium chloride. Why did you pause for me to answer that? You I see, Roger, I just... Nervous. Just make it... That's teacher, you... that's teacher fun right there. <laughs> so, oh, you'd be like, man. slime? You're going to get slime. <laughs> Everybody's making slime these days. That's no, this is fascinating, though. Go ahead. No, you finish that, your that's thought. That's how teachers have fun. They, they get those little awkward, nervous moments. <laughs> yeah. <with their> <laughs> make sure that the student doesn't fall to sleep there. Um, anyway. But it's helping people see that, that we can really understand and, and look at God in the world around us. And it's it, like you mentioned, those little light bulb moments where the students see those connections and see those pieces. Mm. And it's, it's going to be different for every student. Yeah. Not everybody's going to fall in love with the periodic table. I put it up in the screen in some of my programs, and I know I make people nervous, but I say, hey, hang with me, and let's, let's see how awesome God is in this periodic table. Yeah. Wow. It might make you twitch, but maybe <laughs> next time you see it, you'll be able to appreciate God a little bit. This is so cool. Roger, I'm wondering if when you think of science, and is, is science your area of expertise yeah, is there yeah. okay so we'll stay here then i'm wondering when you think of science do you personally see this as an invitation um by the creator an invitation that says come and know come and see come and explore is this almost a gift that god gives us um that he could just tell us a bunch of stuff and he does tell us a bunch of stuff about himself but he also hides stuff that we can discover it and even in the discovery, there is a, a drawing closer to him that we get to enjoy. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Um, there's a passage that is not totally forming in my brain right now, but it, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and, and the, glory of kings. the glory of kings to search it out Amen. and to understand those things. And so as we, as we use our God-given faculties and our reasoning, we're we're imitating God and His character when we create things, when we when we um, when we act in logical ways, and when we try to understand the world and the way God has ordered it. We're unraveling all of those pieces and understanding more about who He is. Um, just like when we're dealing with things with our kids, we could tell them the answer to something, mm -hmm. but if we help them uncover it and discover it and explore it. We know that they're going to learn so much more and they're going to understand it so much more deeply. And I trust that's how God's wired us. He's made us for discovery and for understanding those things more deeply as we uncover those things. And, and whether it's science or exploring nature, all of those things are wonderful avenues, avenues to understand who God is. And, and he tells us he reveals himself in creation, places yes. like Psalm 19 and Romans 1. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. So for our parents who are listening right now and... They want to get their hands on some resources. You know, they um, maybe are exploring homeschooling. Maybe they're already homeschooling and they're kind of trying to figure out what type of curricula they should use. How do they learn more about what Answers in Genesis has to offer? Yeah, the best place would be uh, to go to AnswersBookstore.com. And then right there, there is a tab that says Curricula. And you click on that Curricula tab and it will open up all of our resources. You'll find all kinds of different uh, avenues there. 
we got our science and our Bible curriculum and, and there's everything from full curriculum to little individual things that would be individual projects and books to read on specific topics. Roger, thank you so much. Roger Patterson, one of the education specialists here um, at Answers in Genesis, the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. Sure, uh, yes. all of those places. Love to be down there too. <laughs> we'll grab the break <laughs> and we'll be right back. Stay there. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Here are some of our core values. AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. May I tell you about 17-year-old Esther in Africa? Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Esther is only 17. She's part of the famous Maasai tribe in Kenya. It's a country that I visited not too long ago. Girls like Esther, they're subjected to Maasai traditions that are not taught in the Bible, including female circumcision and polygamy, where a man has many wives, and some younger than Esther are forced into arranged marriages against their will. Now, having endured this mistreatment, Esther lived with bitter unforgiveness until a Bible League volunteer introduced her to the hope of the gospel and now she's led dozens of teen girls and young adult women to Jesus and she's praying for Bibles so they can grow in their walk with Him. And that's exactly why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleless believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20 Bibles and Friends of Bible League will match every single gift. Call 800-YES-WORD 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D 800-YES-WORD or click sendbiblesnow.org sendbiblesnow.org org. Aria is suffering for the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Aria lives in the Middle East in a radical Muslim family. She accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a weekly Bible study and eventually received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She took her Bible study booklet home, hiding it in her room before her mother found it and gave it to her father. He beat young Aria nearly to death and called the officials to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they assaulted her and the Christian friend and eventually let them go. Now, these two women, they didn't grow bitter. They grew bold, and together they've seen hundreds come to Christ in the Middle East where it's nearly impossible to get a Bible. And that's why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleless believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20, every gift matched. Call 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word, or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. Give me you. Everything else can wait. Give me you. I hope I'm not too late. Lord, give me you. Lord, give me you. Lord, give me you. Lord. 
Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. and J. Mack are on tap helping us navigate the show. We're broadcasting live from the Creation Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be doing this uh, today and tomorrow. Yeah. Um, really, you know, this is a part of our encouragement to you to keep pushing from the bottom. Yeah. Um, man, th- the Lord has given us incredible opportunities to be able to shore up our faith and mm-hmm. to be able to train our children and to keep the gospel intact for the next generation. Mm-hmm. And the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter are just two of the many ways right. that the Lord has um, enabled us to be able to do the things that he's called us to do. Yeah, it's a great experience. And I think, you know, if you get a chance to be able to come out here, you should. Uh, we uh, walked through some of the things today, but we're going to go Goodness, back yes. through because, you know, but uh, and we have some some plans to go to the ark on friday that's right i'm so, so excited it, about it, that it just it's, it's, it's a great place you know you learn a lot the kids i see their faces lighting my, up yeah you know sam witt is all over the place he's like oh man you know, want to see this want to see that and i see nathaniel opening up so yeah. it's just a it's a great place to learn a lot about our god i'm so excited about it so excited about the opportunity um to have this even as a supplement for our homeschooling Amen. and i want to turn to our guests now because we've got lanissa james who is the outreach coordinator for HSLDA. And she's going to tell us a little bit more about what that encompasses. But she's also a high school educational consultant. Mm -hmm. And so one of the aims that I have um, is that I really want to encourage parents who are new to homeschooling or thinking about homeschooling, thinking about alternative educational um, options, or maybe you have a kid that is in uh, public school, but you want to supplement that education. You want to make sure that you're putting in good stuff. Um, then we want to encourage you in that way. And so anyway, Lanissa, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? How are you? I'm great, Miki and Will. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing, doing great. well. Yeah, it's so great to hear your voice again. So tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and um, HSLDA. Well, Miki, you kind of summed it up. I'm actually a homeschool mom of seven. I literally have one in almost every age it seems like so I say I homeschool from kindergarten to college my oldest two have graduated and went on to college and then I have two high schoolers an eighth grader a fifth grader and a kindergartner and for about 15 years I've been homeschooling and uh, one of the first things my husband said when we embarked upon this journey of education he said is this is this legal and that is where HSLDA came in. We're, uh, he's in law enforcement. And so his first thing was, wow, we're going to go from spending, you know, $20,000 in, in private education to $500 in homeschool books. Is yes. this legal? Could it be possible? And so that's where my journey started in homeschooling. And also with HSLDA, Homeschool Legal Defense Association, um, because, we, you know, HSLDA protects homeschool freedoms. And my husband loved the fact that there was someone out there doing the work and making sure that this was legal and a viable option. And mm. so here we are 15 years later, um, not only homeschooling our seventh child, we have a new kindergarten, but also I'm new on staff at HSLDA. It's been about two years now, and I just love helping homeschoolers nationwide. Oh, let's talk about that help, Lanissa. Like, what is it? Um, because there are so many stresses and there's so many strains on the homeschooling family. And when I say that, I don't mean that to sound negative. I mean that to sound as it is the reality that when we embark upon uh, this journey that is homeschooling, there are external forces that really will make you question um, whether or not you should be doing this. You know what I mean? There's so many things out there that people can be discouraged around, but you rally around homeschooling families and encourage them, don't you? 
Yes, I do. And so I'm one of the high school educational consultants. And I will say one thing, Meek and Will, is that most people feel like they're smarter than a fifth grader. But by the time you get to high school, you get a little nervous, right? <laughs> you get a little nervous. So our office, our department really gets a lot of calls. And we're just kind of like the your guidance counselor, if you will, in homeschooling. And what's nice is that all of us homeschool. So we understand the mom who calls up and says, I'm not sure if I've done the right thing or what should I do with curriculum or how in the world do I do transcripts? You name it, we have heard the questions and we welcome them. We love them. And we understand because we're right there with you. So, you know, we have our, our attorneys, which are so amazing, but we also have our educational consultants, not only for high school, but early years, which goes from kindergarten to eighth grade, and even special needs. We have a special department for students who have special needs. And so we're just mm. excited to be on the front line supporting homeschoolers nationwide. Uh, Lanissa, we were at the uh, Homeschooling with Confidence conference, the HEAV conference in um, Virginia Beach just a few months ago, and that was where we met you. And I had the opportunity to sit in on one of your presentations, and you presented um, the help for parents navigating different personalities in their children and how you teach each of those kids differently. And I was so struck by the amount of not only knowledge, but wisdom that you have in helping parents be able to put their finger on exactly why their kid approaches a certain subject in a certain way. Can you give us kind of a bird's eye look at that? I mean, I know it's, we can't go into a full presentation, but what are some of those things that really stand out to you that become important to parents and homeschooling kids according to their personalities? I'm so glad we're talking about this topic. I, I have been for the past 20 years working with the Myers-Briggs type indicator. And one of the areas that most people are most familiar with is the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. And God yes. has a sense of humor. He always gives us our opposite, right? We marry our opposites, don't we? That's and right. so I love it when you have an extroverted mom and an introverted child. And whereas the extroverted mom wants to gather everyone around the table and rally their kids up in groups, and that introverted uh -huh. child says, I just want to sit in my room and read. And it's being able to, to kind of um, show families their blind spots, if you will, to understand that God made us all a little bit different, different personalities. You know, some people are great with their time management. Others need more support. Some people love to talk a lot and others more spend more time thinking. So no matter what your personality is, you can kind of cater a homeschool environment and a curriculum that really supports the child and the family and all the things educationally. You know, I would say that one of the other attacks that parents face is feeling like each of their kids should be gifted or should have the same strengths, right? That they should be motivated in the same ways. And I think for parents, especially when you're homeschooling, um, you can almost kind of feel like a failure because you've got one kid who excels in this area and you expect that I'm teaching the same way. And so all of the kids should excel in exactly the same way. But we know that that just isn't true, is it, Lenisser? No, it's not. And God made us all different. And, and, you know, one kid who may be amazing in STEM, science, technology, math, engineering, that other student may say, you know what, I really just kind of love history and reading and English. And we all kind of have our strengths. All of us do. All of us have an Achilles heel, our weaknesses and our strengths. And I think one of the best advice I can give to homeschoolers 
out there who have kids who have different personalities, learn more about your personality and learn more about your child's personality and find unique ways that you can kind of encourage them you know, in their bent. The Lord says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And it's according to their bent. And all of us are not mm. bent the same way. We, we, so we, you know, I love to kind of extrovert myself. I love talking and sharing with you guys. Whereas yes. there could be another personality who says, hey, oh my gosh, the, the fear of public speaking makes me nauseous, you know, sick to my stomach. <laughs> so we're all, <laughs> we're all different and we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. And I think that's just a way for, for God has created us to all need one another, right? Right? We're all not good in yes. everything. That's right. That's so good. And I think it's so important for parents to be encouraged in that way. And even for grandparents who are listening, um, I would say that this becomes an encouragement for you as you come alongside your homeschooling parent and encourage them when they feel overwhelmed as well. Lenissa, before we run out of time in today's program, I really want to get you to speak to something that um, I think has kind of taken a lot of people in this country by surprise. Uh, homeschooling historically has been seen as sort of like there's one type of family or there's one demographic that seems to homeschool. But we've seen something amazing um, happening on the other side of this pandemic. There have been um, increasing numbers of black families homeschooling when historically black families had been underrepresented in the homeschooling community. What has changed to what do you attribute this uptick in black families homeschooling? Yes, Meek, you're right. It's five times increase in black families, literally going from 3.3% to 16.1%. I mean, there are so many African-American families, black, who are saying, hey, I want to give this a try. So we know the pandemic, okay? There's safety issues. We understand that. But I also think during the pandemic, uh, parents got a chance to see what was going on with their kid for the first time in ever. I believe parents had an opportunity to see what was going on in the classroom with their kid, right? They knew that maybe mm -hmm. it wasn't all the teacher, maybe it wasn't all the student, and they're mm -hmm. and they're looking to make changes. They're looking to support their kids and their social, uh, emotional needs, their academic needs. Um, you know, it's typical that you know a lot of African American Black students are highly disciplined in school, and and I think sometimes uh, with this pandemic, they got a chance to see the behavior of their child. They got a chance to observe teachers and I just think that uh, African-American and black families are making new choices and it's exciting for people like yourselves and me and all people out there who can set an example that you're going to be okay and that this is a, a, a choice that you can make and be very successful in. Yeah you know one of the things that I think has been remarkable has it's been the shift in uh, maybe a mindset or maybe even an ideological shift and that we don't have to baptize. When I say we, I mean in the Christian community, we don't have to baptize our kids uh, through a certain set of beliefs for them to be successful in this country. I think that the increased number of families homeschooling of all ethnicities, the increased numbers has really taken this country by storm. And honestly, I think you can see a lot of traditional educators kind of shaking their heads and wondering um, maybe in some ways where their grip has gone. What are your thoughts on that, Lemisser? Yes. You know, I have this joke to say that the homeschool mom, you know, you went from why are you doing that to how are you doing that? You know, we yes. went from zero to hero during this pandemic. You know, all of a sudden people really wanted to know what we were doing. And I just really think that it has so much to do with, you know, our kids, you know, homeschool kids having the opportunity to 
have what we call individualized education and that they turn out okay. That just because Johnny is not doing, you know, 10 math problems, you know, every single day, that doesn't mean that Johnny can't be successful. And I think that it, it prepares them for higher education. You know, when you get to college, you get to pick your schedule, right? You get to take mm -hmm. the classes and the time that works best for you. And I think that so much even in the school system with this asynchronized days, they're, they're copying it because it really works. It really deals with the whole child, no matter what their ethnicity is. So this is yes. an exciting time for education. Yeah, that's right. And I would just say I am excited um, just as a blanket excitement for believers because I do think that historically when we've talked about homeschooling, I think that Christians were a little bit tepid in saying that they're a homeschooling family or even for some Christians uh, being willing to explore it. But as you alluded to earlier, I think having the curtain pulled back on exactly what our kids are being taught and how much of what our kids um, are being taught is antithetical to the faith, it encouraged Christians and it continues to encourage Christian families to home educate. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, you, when you have your really young um, child that you uh, want to raise up, and these are their most impressionable years, you know, and you, you look at some of the things that are being taught, it takes so much work to kind of retrain your child. You know, I'm so excited to have the opportunity to be the first person in to help my children with their devotions and how they ought to look at the world from a biblical worldview. Those are my choices. And people have a, a right to choose that, hey, how do I want my child to grow up? This is your legacy. They represent you. You know, you're, you're going to move on from here. We all know that we're dying, whether it's from a pandemic or the Lord calls us home. You know, we're all dying and we need to prepare our children for tomorrow. And there's no better way to do it than you actually teaching them what their priorities need to be. Not just a few hours in the night, but during the day. I'm excited to be headed into uh, the Creation Museum with my two sons. Uh, yeah. We'll be there uh, soon. And I'm so excited to be, have this opportunity to not have to ask for permission to say, hey, can I take a couple of days off to take my kids to the Ark Encounter? I'm thrilled about it. And I'm thrilled about this being a part of their education for this week. Oh, amen. Amen. Lanissa James, before I let you go, can you please tell our listeners how they can learn more about uh, HSLDA and maybe get resources that you guys have as they journey in homeschooling? Yes, we would love to support you. You can go to our website at www.hslda.org. That's www.hslda.org. And we would love to support you on your homeschooling journey. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Lanissa. God bless you. God bless you. All right, well, we are just about out of time for today. This is so exciting. This has been very encouraging. It's one of those things where we really are continuing to encourage parents and Christians to mm -hmm. keep pushing from the bottom, keep yeah. doing those things that feel difficult, they feel insurmountable, yeah. but man, by God's grace, we can do these things. We can train our kids in godliness and righteousness. Grandparents, my encouragement <laughs> to you recently is to go from being a noun to being a verb. Amen. Let grandparenting be something that you do. Um, we can help. We can help. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're out of time for today. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.